Welcome back to the Scorecast Nights podcast here with Jacko and uh, we're taking a little break on this Monday morning from the Positive Podcast series to bring you still something very positive and uh, one of our favourite guests from the podcast we have for you today, Brian Keane and this is uh, the recording taken from the podcast live event that we held on the 14th of June on Instagram Live and this is the the audible experience of uh Brian Keane's interview that I did with him and we are talking like the guy brings so much energy and positivity um, to any conversation that we always have them love um, speaking with Brian at any opportunity we can we we sort of originally hooked up crikey probably over two years ago we got introduced to each other and um, yeah we've built a great friendship since then and always love listening to him and get inspired particularly by the challenges that he sets himself and does um, a lot of those things being um, some of the examples of the, the ultra runs that he's done and all of these being the fact that what is so challenging, the fact that he doesn't even like running and you go, why are you doing a mar- like seven marathons in a row through the Sahara Desert if you don't like running? Like it's just, it's crazy, but it gives you an, uh, an insight into his mindset and into the ways that he challenges himself with stuff that he doesn't like and how that then helps him with um, enhancing uh, all other areas of his life, but then obviously particularly the things that he does love doing. Um, and how he combines those two things together, I think is, um, yeah, there's some really, really beautiful examples uh, that I'm trying to, uh, to lessons I'm trying to take from him and implement into some of the things that I want to either do that I should do but don't like or want to do better that I'm going to sandwich in between some of those uh, some of those things that I do really enjoy so uh, sit back relax and enjoy Brian Keane on the Schoolcast Next podcast from the podcast live event Welcome everybody then to the very first session, our first guest of the School of Calisthenics podcast live. And if you've got any questions for uh, Brian Keane, who is going to be the first guest, then uh, put them in the comments below. I'm going to get him on now. Oh. Here he is, my man. Yeah. How are you, Jacko? Mate, absolutely uh, buzzing. Uh, for this and for you to kick things off for us. We've got a lot of people signing in, um, saying hello and waving hello. I'm going to try and do a decent job of uh, keeping an eye on comments for questions. The idea about the podcast live is that we want as much interaction with and give people the chance to, to bring the podcast to life. So if people have got specific questions for Brian, put them in the comments and we will try and get through obviously as many of those um, as possible. When we do the podcast itself, obviously that is an interview and a conversation with the guests, but we don't get to, or the listeners don't get to see us and uh, they don't get to ask you um, those questions on the hoof or on the fly, but um, that's the opportunity for people today. So back Brian, firstly, thank you for joining us. Man, my pleasure. All I, I was listening to you and Tim there earlier before you came on. I'm like, oh, my background is so boring compared to yours. Nice. I'm like, you've got this beautiful caricature in the background and then Tim's got this little magic thing going on in the background. I'm like, oh, man, my books are so boring. <laughs> yeah, but, um, so the, the one, one shout out to do is um, Red Light Rising. They, they um, sponsor our podcast and they're sponsoring the, the podcast live event today. So that red light that was in the corner, that's Red Light Therapy. 
Um, yes. and those guys are sponsoring the podcast. That, yes. so thank you to them for, for obviously sponsoring making those. Uh, Bridget Fitzroy said, you two look like brothers. Yeah, you've got the memo about the hat. I know, yeah, that's it. The I hat, like, we've been talking about beards. For those that are watching, I'm like, we've been doing our beard DMs. Yeah. And going, oh, I had a little shirt. I, 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 I tried to tidy up a little bit for you, Brian. <laughs> I didn't. I meant it, and I'm like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'm like, locked out, I forgot. <laughs> but yes, and so far, we're getting comments about the beard rather than this over the... Uh... <laughs> that's it, <laughs> it was just the hour of us talking about beards. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to just firstly then for um, for for just really sort of really really quickly your um, little like your background, a very short snippet background of you like um, you know you're, you're an author you've written a few books and you've done some amazing um, challenges and stuff as well. Um, your what, what I wanted to sort of get into a little bit is the mindset stuff and then a little bit around the sort of fitness and nutrition. Um, there's some questions I've got for you uh, personally, but um, yeah, give us a little bit of a background on to just yourself for those listening. Yeah, so just Watch super quick background. Uh, former primary school teacher turned personal trainer, fitness person, um, and then over the space of oh the last six years, um, I've gone from being one of those. I'm still one of those selfie Instagram twats, but I'm less of so one of those. You're, you're a TikTok one now. <laughs> I'm a TikTok now. I'm like, I'm like all about the shirtless selfies on TikTok. I'm like, let's grow this TikTok. Um, but yeah, so over the last few years, I went from competing in bodybuilding, professional fitness modeling, traveling around into ultra endurance. So now I do things like Marathon to Saab. I ran to the Arctic last year. I ran 100 mile ultra marathon in February. Um, I was training for Ironman triathlon before the lockdown and before everything got canceled. Um, and over the last few years, I moved my business online and now I work with people to get in shape in either uh, GEA, which is the sports specific in Ireland, health and fitness, normal weight loss, muscle building, um, or consulting people on their fitness business online. And I, over the couple of years, I wrote a few books. Um, yeah, and now I just chill out really and train and work out and like try and do handstand put like stuff when I can. I'm like, oh, I need to do more of what the lads are doing. But that's, that's another story for another day where I'm like, right, human flag, human flag. That's, that's what I said. I said after the Arctic, yeah. I feel so bad, like, because I said after the Arctic, I'm like, right, human flag. I'm like, I'm going to fucking yeah. pick one. Tim, I'm open, I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to swear, it's Instagram Live. And that's, yeah, <laughs> so I was like, Tim and Jack, I'm going to pick the brain of human flag. And then I'm like, I went to this shiny object thing over here and I went to something else. So I'm coming back to it. It's all yeah, we thought, um, we, you, you, when you were on the podcast, it was before you'd done the Arctic, I think. Mm -hmm. And you were gonna you were gonna come to nottingham for the event that we were gonna do today that was yeah. before corona sort of put that to, to bed or, or made us take it online and yes we talked about the human flag we make will we will we will hook that up for sure we've got <laughs> um you know ben shepherd from um good morning tv and ninja yeah. warrior yeah he, yeah um, he came to one of our first he came to one of our early workshops a couple of years ago and he loves like with the ninja warrior stuff he loves it and um he he's got handstand human flag on his radar as well, right. and I was like, "Look, we need to we need to like we need to like hook these things up." And actually, one thing would be great would be like showing that sort of journey and doing some. I've done some with Will Greenwood, you know, the um, England rugby. Will Greenwood. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. We're doing some Instagram lives with him, and like just doing some like coaching on the hoof, actually. Um, 
yeah, it's cool for people to see, but also like it's interesting to see that that journey and and how that goes it's on. Such, so. It's such an ego thing, though, isn't it? I'm like, I'm like, this serves no function in my life. <laughs> like, I run ultra marathons, I do triathlon. I'm like, it serves no purpose. But I'm like, I still want to be able to do it and just be like going up to the side of a bar and just flaking up on the side. So um, yeah. Well, anyway. But from a, from a mindset perspective, what I want to talk you. One of the things I want to talk to you about first is um, we've got and we've got some questions about ultra running, which is good. But one of the things is that for you to go right, I'm gonna. You've done all these amazing things, and then go right. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try and do human flag. But from a mindset perspective, when you first try and do it, you're gonna feel horrible. You're gonna feel terrible. You're gonna feel weak. It's gonna like reduce you to like going from. I'm, I'm, I'm good at training, I'm strong and I can do this. And then you go into this position, it's like, oh man, that feels impossible. If you think of um, Ross Edgeley, we, yes. did, we did this, like, we, did the, we did a session with him um, and he's a beast. So actually 45 minutes later, he held a human flag for a couple yep, of no, That doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> but when, we, but, but when we, the first thing we showed him, he was like, man, this is for him. Like it, like it reduced him initially until his body figured it out. It reduced him to a normal person. He was just like me and you. <laughs> but then forty-five minutes later, but that's because he's a, that's because he's a beast. Yeah, um, so yeah. it will it will be good to. Um, we always we talk about it like calisthenics. When you test when you try something out that you've never done before, it definitely like humbles you. Yeah. Uh, and you learn. I think you learn a lot about yourself during those phases of going like. I'm going to try this thing that feels impossible, the whole redefining impossible for us, and and go in. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to sort of expose myself to that feeling of weakness. That's not just physical, but it's also mental. Um, and then challenge up, and then and then go through that. So from a you know you've you've done a number of challenges just from this mindset perspective. And um, what were the titles of your um, of your books on mindset? So uh, the fitness mindset was the first one, and then rewire your mindset was the last one, the latest one. That, that rewire your mindset is uh, is all about mindset. Uh, the fitness yeah. mindset, fitness element, obviously, to it as well. Um, but yeah, the rewire your mindset feedback on that one particularly. Even though the first book was a multi-time bestseller for, was just did really well. This yeah. book on a lot deeper, so the people that have read it have been like, oh my god. Um, so the feedback's been incredible, but again, I've lived a lot of it. So I think I, documenting that down in a book has probably been the reason that it's helped people. Yeah, yeah. So from a um, from a mindset perspective, how would you like? What some of the things that you've learned the most from some of those challenges and things that you've done? Um, well, similar to what you there, Jacko. Like it's funny because I see a couple of questions coming in, ultra running questions below, but yeah. like. I'm very vocal on my channels how much I hate running. Um, <laughs> like, like I hate it. I, I don't enjoy it at all. Um, but it's not the reason why I do it. So, like, people that don't, anyone that's on here, I generally don't look like an ultra runner for the most part, you know, and I'm probably putting that lightly in terms how of. How tall are you? 5'8. Like, I'm 85. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're yeah, yeah. Still, still, still like a hobbit, like little short <laughs> arms, but like. It's good, you know, stocky, you're like strong. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, you turn to the side, make yourself bigger, it's fine. You look tall, we're up platforms. Um, but yeah, so I'm not built like an ultra runner. So I don't find running easy at all. So when even when you're saying about the human flag, I still don't find running easy. Um, as, as Even as I get better with it, it's still not easy. I, partly because I don't enjoy it at all. Um, like I love weight training. I love calisthenic work, body weight work. I love CrossFit workouts. I love anything in that realm. 
but I don't enjoy running. So what I get so much from either the challenges, and to be honest, Jacko, as big as, say, Marathon de Saab was, which is six back-to-back -back marathons through the Sahara Desert, self-sufficient for anyone unfamiliar with it, or the Arctic, which was 230 kilometers through the Arctic, they were difficult for obvious reasons. But the training was just as difficult because it's mind-numbing to jump on a treadmill for 30 kilometers on a training day. Like, it just, it, it just sucks your soul. Like, yeah. But because of that, you, mindset-wise and mentally, it makes everything else feel so much easier. And the reason, it's funny, because the reason I sign up for, say, for example, Marathon de Sauve, which is 2018, Arctic, which is 2019, and I ran a 100-mile ultramarathon in February of this year, and the reason I signed up to those three is because I wasn't sure if I could complete all three. Like they, before I had signed up, I'm like, I don't know if I can run six back-to-back -back marathons. And then I said, I don't know if I can run through the Arctic. And then I had the 100 miler. I'm like, I don't know if I can run a 100 mile. It, it took me 26 and a half hours. I was trying to do it in 24. It wasn't going that way when I did it. It was like, right, no, you're not making this in 24. Um, so I'll probably end up going back and doing a 100 miler and try and do it in 24 hours. But it was because I have to set a big goal or else I can't get motivated to train. Like, I won't train for a marathon. I won't. Like, I know I can run a marathon, so I won't train first. So I have to set a goal that scares me a little bit and forces me to train. Because I'm like, well, it, particularly with the Sahara and the Arctic, but this is relative to anybody. I'm like, if I don't train... I could die in these places. You know, I'm not going to die doing a hundred miles. But I also had set a goal for myself and I wanted to finish it. So the mindset side of that alone breaks down into everything. Because you're like, well, you set a goal. And what I love about ultra endurance, more so than even when I used to do bodybuilding and sports, is the goal is so big in terms of the, the, the physical distance you have to cover. So for example, six back-to-back -back marathons is 250 kilometers, you know? Yeah. And you have to chunk that down in order to be able to hit that target at all. I'm like, you, you can't, all right, pyramid of prioritization. I was like, there was no point worrying about running. I had, by the way, when I signed up for Marathon to Saab, I never ran a marathon. I never ran. It was the first marathon I signed up for. Um, so when I started to break it down, I'm like, well, I need to be able to run one marathon. I'm like, if I can't run one, there's no point worrying about six. So it forces you to break down goals into smaller component parts. And what that does is it makes everything else so much easier. So when you're faced with a business goal or a life goal or a relationship goal, it allows you to kind of break it down into smaller component parts and kind of prepare what you need to do right now. It also is really good at making you focus on the present moment. Like, you know, focus, what can I do now that's going to help me hit the same goal? And then you just do that. And you just do that repeatedly until you, you know, whatever target you set for yourself. And it doesn't have to be, you know, we spoke about this the last time I was on. It doesn't have to be Marathon to Saab. That's somebody else's 10K run. Or that's somebody yeah. else's handstand, you know, handstand. Yeah, that's... You know, it's relative to the person. And I think that is what it gave me. And then all I do then on my channels and my books, etc., is like break that down and show it how it's applicable for, for my audience, which is more weight loss, fat loss, toning up, building muscle, etc. Yeah. Even though I'm a bit of an endurance audience, it's not pure calisthenics it's just people that enjoy fitness and yeah. i'm like it's the same thing the same clues for success are applicable whether you're running six back-to-back -back marathons in the sahara or whether you're trying to do a handstand push-up it's it's the same thing you take the goal and you put it down to the smaller component parts i know you do this really well you know when you're teaching in the school like yeah. it's this is what you need to be able to do in order to do this and it's the exact same thing in any goal you set yourself. yeah i think that gives you a um what what those what that does is it gives you a process that you can then and a roadmap 
that you can then follow and that you know that you've got and that gives us confidence to go there. I mean, what you've you've gone through there, I just want to unpack a few of the things you went you went through there and like there's so much there's so much in that. Um and one thing I wanted to say at the start was um I remember we when, the first time we ever met, I was like, this guy, like the the, the energy that you bring <laughs> to just like your your life, your day, your just how you your demeanor, um yeah, I find infectious, and I, I'm like, I'd always, I'd, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love like a webcam on you. I want to see what I'm like <laughs> Sunday night at nine o'clock. What are you like? Are you still? Are you? Still I'm like, in bed on Sunday at nine o'clock. I go. I'm one of those people. I'm like, I'm up at four or five Monday yeah. morning. I'm in bed at nine. So like, <laughs> that'd be the most boring <laughs> webcam well, of all time. Good. It's like one of those Big Brother green screens on my bed. <laughs> yeah, that makes me feel a little bit. That makes me feel. I'd love to be. Um, I don't know. I guess some people, depending on how much, like, I have. I'm sometimes like super like, but then other times I'm like. Um, but anyway, but um, I've got a question related to that to ask you in, in a second. But um, from that mindset side of things, like, I think it the fact that you said then it was like your first ever marathon was the first one of the the design like you can't you need to you need a goal that like scares you a little bit like that tells that tells you something about yourself your personality your mindset and i think that by that you've got a very good awareness like self-awareness of of what that's like and therefore you can then choose the right goals and things um for you. And you and you said it very well that like for a lot of people their goal or their thing that scares them might be just like the first pull-up or whatever it might, or, and, and I like the fact that you talk about um, these things that you learn from a fitness perspective about yourself and your mindset, that you can apply them to your business, like you, with the, the stuff you do, or, but that could go into family life or relationship or whatever it may, may be as well. There's so much to be learned from the tool of fitness training, whatever you want to call it, but how that then teaches us stuff about ourselves, our mindset and how we can, use that to be positive in lots of other areas um, of our life. I think that that's, that they're, they're such good messages for people to hear time and time and time um, again. And the fact that you're talking about breaking those things down, as I said, like forming that into a place, I think that is, that is a takeaway message, like a little bit of gold that people can, can take straight away. But um, just play devil's advocate on that as well, Jacko, because sometimes when I see that like one of the things that normally i won't say connects with people but definitely people notice similar to what you said there is that i set goals that are big for myself because it motivates me yeah. and the reason i do that is down to a character flaw that i identified because when i talk about this in the book and i talk about this in my podcast is i regularly signed up for things and then didn't do and i had to use that well why was i signing up to this marathon or this show or this thing over here and i wasn't doing it and what I found was I, unless I got excited or into that point where I was afraid to do something, I wasn't motivated enough to train for it or to do it in general. So that's actually a character flaw based on, I can't sign up for a 10K and train for it, get motivated. I struggle with the motivational side if the goal is too small for me. So that's, and everyone falls somewhere different on yeah. that spectrum. So yeah. I never want to hear me and think, oh, I need to set a big massive goal that I'm afraid of. I'm like, that might work for you, but you might be just as motivated setting a goal that is something you'd like to do. So yeah. everyone falls slightly different on that spectrum. And it's worth knowing that because yeah. I never 
people to hear me and go, well, that's what I need to do because you might fall somewhere else on that spectrum slightly. Yeah. And me, and, me and Tim had a really good chat. Um, like each, so we tend to do like a bit of a, like what was the, at the end of the year, like a podcast about like goals and that sort of stuff, like what you did, had set for the year or this, that, the other. And there was, it was last year for Tim, he was like, he'd set stuff before that actually was stressing him out when he wasn't achieving them and it was actually it was actually being detrimental but that's just part of that process of going that's then i see that as a positive thing you go during that you've learned that this applies to you and i think that one of the things that people don't do enough is to like sit down like with your notebook your school card's notebook but sit down and take some time out of your day to like actually self-reflect around like what is what works for you what things do you like and what like you said what motivates you and what what doesn't and use the things trying to uh, i've done a few podcasts recently um where talking about things not necessarily being like good or bad like just going that was an experience what did i learn from it and what did i learn from it about myself and it's not about being um selfish it's like we need to do a little bit of that because if you start to understand yourself better you can apply yourself better in this world then you're going to be more a, a, a better positive effect um on other people um and I, yeah i just think that the in this i it's every you'll i'm sure you'll be the same i've seen you know every spare minute now you're crushing it on tiktok um, but, <laughs> I do, I'm to TikTok. <laughs> but, it's so, but it's so easy to fill your whole day from 4 a.m. when you get up to eight o'clock at night when you go to bed, that with we can fill that if we want to constantly with having had zero time spent thinking about how am I doing and that sort of stuff. But anyway, um, so that's just an encouragement to people. I want to, but whilst you were talking about the ultra stuff, I wanted to get, we've got some questions. So, George uh, Pittigal. I'm terrible at pronouncing. Oh, it. I'm the worst. I hate a, pronouncing names. I'm like butcher. I, I'm like Irish accent is fine. So like, I'll stick with George. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I know George. I think he's um, he's a member in our uh, virtual classroom. He's got an online membership with us. So um, yes. obviously we'll ask we'll answer we'll ask his question. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, there's no prejudice here. So um, how do how do you combine your training for endurance along with your conditioning weight training work? Is it more about periodizing for certain goals or do you try to keep on top of all of it? Great question. Great question. Um, it, yeah, it, it's a combination of both. So in when I'm training, I don't, I normally have one or two events that I'll train for per year and they're like the main focal points of my training. So for example, prior to COVID, it was the 100 mile in February, and then it was Ironman in June, which was supposed to be the end of this month, um, like next weekend. So that was supposed to be the, the, the kind of the split on the training, meaning that all my conditioning and gym work, I, I still do all my normal weight training, all my normal body weight work, all my normal split. And then if I'm training for an event, I just add it on top, which means that I need to get really good at my nutrition and my recovery, because my training volume goes way, way up. So, right. so you don't cut back on any of that, any of your other. Uh, unless I listen to my body, I'll do it very intuitively. Like if I'm doing, say, like you know, a hundred kilometer a week, or 150 kilometer a week, where I'm doing a lot of running, and my body's really sore, I'll scale back a little bit just to kind of give myself the time. Um, but no, generally, like. I, I, I do a lot of high focus runs. So probably one of the mistakes I made for the last 100 miler was 
I didn't do enough distance. Like I, for 80 miles, Jacko, I was fucking flying. Like I, I finished in the top 10 in that race. Um, like I was, I was flying. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I, I did really well. I hope it can but, run. Yeah, yeah, for a while, for a while. And, but, but also you took twice as many steps as anybody else. But that's it. Like I'm like, <laughs> I'm like this little, like on my little short legs, my little hobbit legs. But you see the, what happened to me was at 80 miles, I was like flying. I was perfect at 80 miles. How long, to, how long was that to 80 miles? Sorry. At 80 miles. Roughly. In, in terms of this, in terms of duration. Well, that, that would be 80 miles. I mean, I mean ta yeah, time duration. Yeah, so the time, uh, what was that 80 miles? I was at, ooh, I was on track to make 24 hours. So it must have been around 20 oh. hours. Um, it must have been around 20 hours. I can't remember it off the top of my head. And you stopping during that? Is, is that uh, so what I did was, uh, so the, the, the course I did was a 2.2 mile loop. So it was, you just go for 2.2 miles for 100 miles. And I... What I did was every 25 miles, I took a 25 minute break to eat um, and then I went again. But you see where I picked up time is on 100 miles, some people will sleep or I, I don't sleep. I just keep going straight through. And so that's where I picked up the time. And um, so I was in like 30 place, 30 first or 30 second on mile 50. And then I jumped up to the top 10 from that time because I was just going at the same pace. Right. My mile five pace was the same as my mile 75 pace. But wow. once I hit 80 miles, my body just broke. Like everything, like my knees, my hips, everything. So I think one of the mistakes of my training, to bring it back to the question, was I did a lot of high focus training. So a lot of 10 kilometer runs, a lot of 20 kilometer runs fast. So I was doing them quickly. So I was quite good up to 80 miles, but then my body just broke. It literally just went, ugh. Like, um, so I think on feedback from that if i was preparing for another 100 miler i would do some more longer runs i don't like doing junk miles you know a lot of ultra marathon runners do a lot of junk miles where they're just you know t hit hitting the miles just to get them done i, was I think was that junk yeah junk uh, j-u-n-k like, like junk. Rubbish. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah junk miles um yeah so like junk junk miles where i don't do a lot of that like i could i could do a 50 mile week but it's very high quality it's interval, it's sprint, it's fast. And that's the way I train. So that's also one of the re reasons I kind of keep a lot of my size. Um, also my calories go up. Like I'll bump my calories right up if I'm training a lot. So I don't really lose that much size when I'm preparing for an ultra. So how my training will look is if I'm training for an ultra, I'm running every training day. And if I'm not, I back right off. Like, uh, well, like in the, in the Arctic, I, you know, I was off for six months because I tore my Achilles. So I couldn't run for six months anyway. So, but even structurally, I'll stop running for a month, six weeks after completely. Partly for my head, because I hate running and I've done the target and hit the goal. But also for my body, it kind of gives me that periodization of backing off. And then I'll do more strength work and more bodybuilding work that I enjoy or more body weight work that I enjoy. And that just keeps me kind of mentally fresh. Like I train because I love it. Um, and then I run because I have an event that I'm training for. So it's kind of like trying to find that sweet spot between the two. That's what I do. What I advise isn't always what I do, by the way. So yeah. what I advise to do is similar to what you say. You know, it depends on the person. What's your strategy? Yeah. What's your goal? What do you enjoy? But that's what I do personally. Yeah, you've worked, you've, it goes back to that same point. It's a really nice point to, to come back to. You've worked out what works for you both physically but also there both and mentally like it's what you like and what keeps you fresh and what you can manage but at the same time 
you're being sensible in that you said that you you do listen to your body and listening to your body may be changing the amount of volume that you do and tweaking that week and also changing your nutritional strategy so that you are fueling for that so rather than just going more like because those junk miles like more is not always more no <laughs> just, we, um, yeah. when you say when you say um like fast what's your just a bit of context of like if you're doing like so i for me like a five five and ten k time what's what's like a, what's fast for for you uh, on that? well i would it would vary i wouldn't do many 5ks but my 10k i would always run my 10K under 50 minutes um yeah, so before nice. five and 50 minutes depending on the day um, what's, your pick, what's your what's your like pb for 10k oh 45 something um yeah fast. 45 it's fine like it's not yeah. there's way faster runners than me um and i'm not a gifted runner by any stretch like yeah. but if you can keep that going yes and the, and the thing is those will be in consecutive days i do a lot of consecutive runs so i could do i could do 10 or 20 kilometers five days in a row so that's that's how my training yeah yeah. yeah yeah i'm thinking um <laughs> on thursday we went out for a walk in the peak district for, for my wife's birthday and i was sore as anything like we were out <laughs> for four and a half, we did like one little peak we we're out for four and a half hours and like the next day i'm sore as anything like i couldn't even didn't even want to do like a body weight squat or anything else i'm like i've done a like i could i've i think the furthest i've done a half marathon not as an organized event like just actually just did one and it just that 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 total volume of work just like ruined my body for like as in you know like you're saying your hips your knees and everything and like being able to like i think i think i've done a 42 minute 10k but i'm like that's dying as, yeah but i'm like and i'm done for a week um, yeah the, the ability to be able to back those things up, I think is very, very, very interesting. Um, it, and it's, it's an interesting, as you said, like uh, your body, the thing is it's an adapt adaptation. You know this with, with calisthenics, like your body adapts. Like mm. as you, one of the things I always tell people is it becomes your new normal. Like, I, and never to jump into what I do or what somebody else does. Like when I'm training for an event, I'm training for it and my entire week is structured around doing five sessions or six sessions with this amount of speed for this distance and your body becomes accustomed. You didn't jump there overnight. It's the same as going, right, here's your human flag. It's like, that's not that no one ever, like it, it takes the progression of building up. And so it's always worth keeping in mind that when, you know, just because so, I know there's a couple of ultra runners that are yeah. putting here always have your baseline as your starting point and then build upon that because the reason you'd be sore after say going fast at 10k well that's a fast 10k is your body hasn't adapted to it either like if i go out and run you know 30 kilometers after not having ran for six weeks i can't walk for two days so yeah. you know and it's just your, your body will adapt to it but you have to kind of gradually build as well yeah there was so there was a question when we were talking about your training there was a question um trolling about what does your uh, leg work what does your leg training look like as an ultra runner it's probably two it sounds like there's potentially two parts because you've got your what you would just do as you say normally and then do you do anything different for your legs for i think that's only, the question was about like pistol squats yeah the only if i don't do okay. i don't do pistol squats i do a lot of unilateral work though if i'm training for um 
if I'm training for an event or I've got an ultramarathon coming up, I'll do a lot of single leg work. So um, not so much pistol squats, but I'll do work off of one leg. So that I'll do um, jumps from one side or off a box on a single leg. More because, depending on the course, like I'll always reverse my training based on the course. So because the last one was relatively flat, it was in the Nevada desert, but it was relatively flat. I did a little bit of work on stability just because there'd be rocks and gravel, but it wasn't too bad. Whereas when I did say Marathon de Sauve, which was six back-to-back -back marathons, I did massive volume on my legs. Like I was doing 300, 400, 500 rep workouts on squats and lunges, and then I would go run because I had to condition my legs to be able to do multi-day work. So yeah. the, the strategy was there. Uh, when, I, when I was training for the Arctic, I did loads of stuff on lunges. I did so many lunges because when you're running through the ice or running through the snow, you can drop off very fast. And that can lead to injury. So I did a lot of work that required variations of movement patterns that were lunges, overhead, normal, weighted, body weight, the whole lot. Um, so I'll always, on the course or based on what I'm training for, I will revert, like, you know, my, my background, strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. I'll reverse my strength and conditioning program based on whatever it is that I'm currently training for. So that's kind of what those last three events look like. Yeah. And those... Because one of the questions, he asked the follow-up question as an ultra runner about pistol squats versus bar squats. But just to, if I paraphrase that based on what he said a little bit or tweak it a little bit of going, is that, um, I like the concept of you being quite specific about the terrain and then like making that applicable and building up, like, like, like what I said, like backing, backing running sessions up day after day, but, al but almost using like your lower body work to back, to, to allow yourself to do that. So... I probably wouldn't at the moment if if I've done pistol squats or some shrimp squats or done some low body work on like Monday, I wouldn't think about backing that up on Tuesday because I'm thinking of more about like just adaptation, come back when I'm fresher rather than rather than get if it was but it's because I'm not trained for not ultramarathon. But what I'm hearing is that actually you can use some of your lower body training to actually help with what you're trying to achieve from your ultra. Um, run scenario is the is the work that you're doing because you said versus bar squats is it like quite high volume high reps no it weight or yeah, it yeah depends, you... depends on the phase um it depends on the phase so i right now like prior to lockdown because i was training for iron man i was doing a lot of overhead squats um so my whole program was based on overhead squats just because i was trying to keep the range of motion obviously for the swim a lot of different stuff that would have potentially helped um but it still keeps the conditioning in my legs so i'll change it based on uh, some of it's by feel if i'm being honest like sometimes i'm like i'm by feel where i'm like i need to do some strength work i felt really weak on these runs all week i actually need to do some strength yeah. work here um or conditioning like you know, where I'm like, my legs, where my mind is good, my body's good, but my legs just aren't conditioned enough. Where I'm like, right, I need more high volume work. So I'll listen to my body based on that. And then I'll, I'll tweak my training, whether I'm doing, you know, single leg squats, pistol squats, barbell, front squats, whatever yeah. it is, the rep ranges, the volume, the rest, they will all tweak based on how I'm feeling and based on what I'm trying to do, based on what it is that I'm training for. And then, so if it lunges, say, just take lunges as an example, if you were wanting to do like, if you wanted to classify that as like high volume because you wanted more of that conditioning work, what, how high, what would high, you know, for some people more than 10 reps is high volume, you know. Uh, I would do probably 25 reps. I would do like four sets of 25, which would be like a hundred reps set, um, like hundred reps over four yeah. sets. 
yeah so that would be for me would be relatively moderate to high like i can go higher than that and i have gone higher than that um but that would be kind of um kind of where, where i'd have that sweet spot in terms of what i would consider high volume do um is there much much plyometric work done um i know for like when i played rugby we did a lot but more for sort of um sprinting but just the idea of getting that that contact time really really efficient with the ankle like is that and maybe low level stuff or not if i wasn't bringing any pre-existing injuries or background in i would do loads of plyometric um, but my body can't handle it. Like I've had three knee surgeries, so my body isn't good with plyometrics. Like my knee still flares up if I do box jumps. Um, yeah. I'll still factor them in, but I, I can't do a day of box jumps, even three or four sets, unless I have deep tissue booked in no. for later in the day, because yeah. my, my knee will just swell. Um, so I don't, even though I recommend it to a lot of people who are in similar boats, but I don't do it myself for you know, pre-existing injuries. Yeah, let's um, last couple of um, whilst we're on the ultras, there's some of those. So, Donald Rogers, how long out from ultras do you start training? Uh, depends on the ultra, like, depends on the ultra 100%. Like, um, if I was training, for example, for anything 50 miles or under, a couple of few weeks, um, and anything that's 100 miles or over or consecutive days, I would give myself at least three months. Um, ideally six, just so that I can ease in, so I don't have to like ramp things up too fast. Cool. Um, and again, comes back to knowing what some of that's going to be based on your training background. Now, like that's, I think one of the things with like questions is we ask, we ask like me as the if I was asking you a question, I ask you a question that's very specific to me, and yeah. you can only you give like the answer in the context of yourself and. The, the wider thing is you always say, like, it depends. So what you recommend, yeah. Your, yeah, yeah. your background, you know, someone else might be able to do less than that. Someone might need yeah. more than that. Um, so it comes back around to knowing where we're at ourselves. Um, oh, well, Tony, Ian, is your training for ultras, um, is it your main aim just to complete complete it for self-satisfaction or to be genuinely competitive? He was top 10, you were hearing top 10 oh, after <laughs> 80 miles. It's a good question. Um, you, completion is normally my goal. Um, and the 100 miler, I, I didn't care at all about the, the results. It was all about finishing the 100 miles. And ideally, I was trying to do it in the 24 hours. Um, but that didn't happen. It just didn't go that way. You know, it's the, the nature of the beast with an ultramarathon. Uh, it depends. Like, the thing is, when I started them, they're all about completion. But as you get better, you, your, your bar moves higher. You know this. Like, you know, when you go from rugby to calisthenics, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm good at these. I, I can get better at this. And then you're like, well, I want to be able to do this move. So as you get more confident and do it more, your goals change. So when I did Marathon to Solve, I was like, I just need to not die. I just need to finish this, you know. Um, but now when I'm looking at the 100 miler, I'm like, right, like my plan, I have a couple of things, depends on how COVID goes. But if I do a 100 miler again, I'm like, I want to do it in 24 hours. Now, if that places me in the top five, great but my goal i'm never going to work to a place i'm like i have no control over a placing but yeah. i can't work to i want to hit it within 24 hours which is still a goal of mine um because it just didn't happen on the first go round. so i'll go back and i'll attempt it again so it, it, it depends like at the beginning that's what it was for self-satisfaction but then as you get better your bar moves yeah yeah oh i think that depending on trending on mindset and person i think of um it was interesting you saying about like running, you know, when you said about running on a treadmill just being like mind-numbingly boring. When I, 
like I retired from rugby in 2013 with a head injury and it took me a year to be able to run without getting a headache. Um, and when I could get back to running, I wanted to be able to run, but I was so bad at running at that point. I remember um, my wife was, uh, she used to play football and she was pretty, she's, she's a good runner. And so it was even more depressing. There's nothing worse than just getting beaten by your wife and everything, is there? Um, so that was, I had that to deal with as well. But um, I remember going on the treadmill. I was never a big fan of treadmills anyway, but I tried to do 5K on the treadmill and I stopped after about 30 seconds because just I just couldn't deal with it mentally. Um, but when I got to the point of like, I um, it just makes me think of going to going to park run, do, my, you do your first park run, you're like, okay, yeah, this is fun. Next one, I'm like, I'm at the front. I'm like, I'm yeah, like, yeah, I'm, completely. I'm, you're just, I'm the, just the, the yells, the, the band over your head. You're like, oh. <laughs> like, if I, regardless of whether, this is a little bit stupid, but this is what I know what I'm like, regardless of whether I've trained for it or not, if I randomly go and turn up at a park run, I'm there for a PB. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's, yeah. But, um, there was a question about this, this is, and they were just in uh, some mindset stuff. So there's a question from um, Splonking Boosh. Um, That's a you, great handle. If you hate running, what do you do to distract yourself while you're doing it? I've got, and I've got a question that I want to sort of mix in with this, that um, I put out a post yesterday about, um, I'd, I'd just finished training and I was feeling, I was, I was, I was feeling really good about myself. I was feeling physically feeling good mentally feeling good and i was being very uh, grateful practicing some gratitude of 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 and just appreciating that and my mind moved to a place of like how do i create how do i create this feeling when i'm not feeling good Does that makes sense like my challenge to myself was how do i when i'm when things in life are not going well and when i'm not feeling happy how do i still manage to like appreciate and get into that type of of headspace so it's a it's a mindset question around like when you're not feeling it where do we go with our mindset to try and and flip that on its head um, the same with that so that like that specific example like you're running and you're not feeling it like how do you how do you how do you, have you got any tips for people on that i'm going to give you the answer and then i'm going to dissect it because the answer is you just do it like that that's that's the no. answer um, but I am I am going to dissect that because it's not as straightforward as that. It's as simple as that, but it's not as easy, it's not as easy as that. Um, so one of the quotes I live by is like one of my mentors used to always tell me that successful people do what they have to do, whether they feel like it or not. I'm like that. That's been tattooed on my brain. And when I think of running, I've never and, and I can say this wholeheartedly, Jacko. I've never had a day that I've looked forward to running ever. Like. I, I just don't enjoy it. So that's why I get so much from it because every day I run, it forces me to do something I don't want to do. So what I do is I talk, I call them like the anchors of self-discipline. So they're in the book. I talk about them on the podcast for free, the whole lot. So I do two things every day that I don't want to do. One is I get up early. I'm not a morning person. We joked earlier. Really? I got, I'm not, I'm, I'm a nice owl. By nature, if you just left me to my default, I, like I get up every day at four or 5 a.m. And I would be closer going to bed at that time. Like if you just, if you left me to my own devices, I'm, I'm way closer to a night out. So I force myself to get up. To, uh, I'm loving you even more, Brian. I'm loving you huh? even more. I'm loving you even more. I love it. 
Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 the, it's the God's honest truth, and it's the same with running. So I try and anchor my day in both of those things. So it forces me to do things that I don't want to do. So when you get into that habit, it makes everything else so much easier. Like difficult conversations, work tasks, everything is so much easier because you're like, right, I have to do this thing over here. I don't fucking care how I feel. I just have to go do it. And you're conditioning yourself by doing that every day. Like it's like, the analogy I use is like laying brick, you know, when you're building a wall. Like anytime I ever get overwhelmed by a goal, I'm like, well, the Great Wall of China started with a brick on top of another brick, on top of another brick, until it's the Great Wall of China. So it, it's talking about what we did, said earlier, you're breaking things down. And if you're trying to get better at doing things that you know you have to do, you break that down. You do, what can I do today that's going to help me build a little bit of self-discipline so I do the things I have to do whether I feel like it or not. So to tie it back to the running, for example, mm -hmm. what I do on runs is I, I, I do a little bit of mindset tricks on it. So I anchor two things either side of something I hate. I call, it's like a shit sandwich, like um, for the lack of a better term, where I do the thing that I fucking hate in the middle, but I have two things I really like either side of it. So what I do is I do my weight training first because I can get out of bed at 4 or 5 a.m. to weight train. I love weight training, but I'm not getting out at 4 or 5 a.m. to run. Like I, I can't do those two things. And, and never in my whole life have I jumped out of bed to go for a run. I'm like, I don't like doing either of those things. I want to stay in my bed and I don't want to run but I will get up to weight train. So I'll get up, I do my weight training, and then I normally have my favorite meal, whatever it is I love having, as my post-workout meal, which is the yeah. saddest meal ever. It's like vegetables and salmon and salt. I was gonna say, what is it? What's, what's the favorite it, meal? It, 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 it's, the, it's the saddest meal. It's literally like mixed vegetables, salmon, and pink Himalayan salt. But like, it's my what favorite. Time, and what time would that be? Uh, I normally eat, it depends on my training day, either eight, nine, or 10. Um, breakfast. Like, it's an interesting. Yeah, well, I don't really have a breakfast per se because I time I do all, I eat all, all my food in like a time restricted window, so I eat everything within an eight to ten hour window. Um, but yeah, that's what I have, and it's, like salmon's my favorite food. Like you know, like I love it. Like I eat mostly plants, but like salmon is my staple. It's my favorite food. So that helps me with the run in the middle, and then when I'm actually doing it for the boredom, I save podcasts. Like you know, I'm subscribed to your podcast. Like in oh. one. Yeah, but that's it. Like, and, and it's one comes up. Like, if I see a podcast come up, I'm like, oh, I really like the looks of that. I'll save it, and then I'll save it for my run. So that makes it, it makes me kind of look forward to it. So I have a couple of staple podcasts. Years are in there. Um, Joe Rogan's are in there. Um, a couple of business ones I listen to. And then if I see an episode pop up, I'll just save it, and then I'll keep it for my run. And that makes the actual run not as boring. Um, so that's kind of my process to it um, from kind of top to bottom. But the answer to like doing things that you don't want to do is just do it. But that's it unpacked a little bit. Yeah, nice. Really, really, um, yeah, really helpful, um, helpful advice for people. I'm, you're challenging me on my, um, on, on my alarm get up. <laughs> when you say four or five o'clock, those two times are very different to me. Like, yeah. uh, and you know what? They're the same because they're both fucking super early. <laughs> like, I when I think of four or five, but how do you decide if it's going to be four or five? 
Not a combination on how much I slept the night before and what I have to do the following day. So if if I have a super long run, and I say for example, if I'm writing, you know, like I'm writing the, the new book at the minute, so I write in the morning block. So when the gyms are open, the gym doesn't open till six. Right. So I would drive to the gym and then I have an hour, an hour and a bit to write and I would just write in my car or I would do my emails or I would do my messages or whatever it was before uh, the gym. Um, yeah. So it depends on how much I have. Like if I have, because I batch my podcasts as well. So when I'm recording podcasts, I try and do several in a day. So yeah. if I've got one of those days, but I'm like, right, I need to write in the morning or I need to get my emails done or I need to reply to my messages, I'll get up at four so that I can do that. Um, yeah. And that's normally how I'll make the decision on it. But five is like my staple. Um, like Monday to Friday, five is the time I get up. Um, and then four based on... Uh, exactly, yeah. Or if I have a super long workout. Like if I have a three hour long workout scheduled because I'm close to an event, I get up before. Because like, it's I, you know, same as everybody. Like I've got my daughter, I've got my family, I've got my friends, I've got my business. I'm like, I don't want to be spending at least by nine o'clock. I've got most of my day out of the way because I've yeah. been up for five hours, you know? So when everybody else is getting up and about, it, you know, it, it's perfect. So I can meet my mum for lunch. I can bring colleagues to the playground. I can do all these other things. So yeah. my way of doing that is just getting up earlier so that it's done. And then I can kind of do all the other things that I want to do in my life. Not yeah. the things that I don't want to do in the morning, but they're, they're done then. And I can kind of prioritise in other areas of my life. It's probably a better wording for that. Yeah, cool. No, I like it. Um, we're, we're, we're starting to run out of time. I could talk to you all day, Brian, but I've got a couple of other little things uh, to finish on. Did want to ask, and someone's asked a question about, uh, it's a little bit more of a body comp question, which I know you obviously help a lot of people with um, y yourself with um, with your stuff. So, uh, but the question, so from Rowan Perry was, um, he really enjoys cardio, but doesn't want to lose too much muscle. Any advice? And I'd yeah. actually say that there's, there's a little bit of mindset in there around, like we talk about, um, and this is a body composition question is probably way bigger than this, but um, we talk about being more trying to get into a mindset place just because it's a, it's a positive way to look at ourselves and being more interested in what we can do with our body than getting obsessed with how it looks. I imagine when uh, you were doing, when you've done fitness modeling that that getting rated on how you look plays probably tricks with your mind, but um, oh, bad. Advice, you, just, uh, you feel like a poodle on stage. Like have you ever seen any of those dog shows? I'm like, like, that's how you feel. I'm like, oh, jump, Lassie, jump, Brian. <laughs> Sorry, that's not the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, so, uh, Rowan Perry, it was about, like, um, well, I'd be, I'd be interested to know your thoughts on, your thoughts on that, like, getting, like, getting into a place where you're obsessing about how you look, even though you wanted to change your body comp, and then also, like, his, his specific one of, um, not trying to lose too much muscle when he's doing his running, even though he enjoys running. If you enjoy running, I would say do some running. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, I'm going to approach that slightly from two angles, Jacko, because there is the answer. There's the actual answer that he probably wants, and then there's the mindset side, which you asked on. Yeah. Mindset side, I always think of body composition. And it's funny because we've talked about ultra endurance. I don't prep anybody for ultra endurance. All my people I work with are yeah. body composition because that's my area of expertise. I'm like, endurance is just something I do over here because I have time and I like doing it, you know, in terms of challenging myself. Body composition is, you know, sports nutrition is my background, nutritionist, personal trainer, etc. So what I generally tell people when it comes to obsessing on body, and I love your message on this, it's very similar to mine, is I, I'm all about getting to great shape, but don't think that all your happiness and confidence is yeah. in the, 
this end. And you that's know, the, the thing. And that's the thing, you know, I call it in my book, the, the I'll be happy when fallacy, you know, I'll be happy when I hit this weight, I'll be happy when I build this muscle, I'll be happy when I do this thing. And I think it's really important to identify and understand that ooh, that's not where it comes from. So if that's where you're at and you're like, well, when I look this way, I'm going to feel this thing. I'm like, that might not happen. So just be mindful of that in the front end. Now we can unpick that. That's a whole other podcast. So yeah. I won't spend time on it. But the actual answer in terms of the, the physiology and the, 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 the response of, if you enjoy running, as Jacko said, run. Like I couldn't, I couldn't be a bigger believer in doing something that you enjoy, especially in physical fitness, purely because it's what you're going to be able to stick to. Is it better than swimming? I don't know, but if you enjoy running, you should run. Like, yeah, if you, if you enjoy it, if you don't enjoy spinning, it's better than spinning. <laughs> it, it's, couldn't agree, but like, perfect. Like, that's exactly it. But when it comes in to say, what was the question? Maintaining muscle? Uh, yeah, he doesn't want to lose too much muscle mass. Yeah. So, well, two things there. One is there's a massive amount of, um, it, it's going to be your nutrition that's going to determine that. Like, one of the things that surprises people, I'll use myself because I'm a good example in this scenario, is when I don't lose any size, running 100 miles a week people are like how the fuck haven't you shrank i'm like well a couple of things one i'm not i'm not built to be skinny like i couldn't be skinny even if i ran 600 miles a week <laughs> do it it just doesn't shrink little hobbit builds so that's one so there's a genetic component and a, a muscle memory component but two my nutrition goes up as in I, my calories go way up if I'm running 100 miles a week on top of my training, I'll double my calories. Like I could be eating 5,000 calories a day, like comfortably. And so that will go up. So you don't lose that size. So it's a nutritional thing. And people will say, look, I'm thinking of running 20 miles a week. Will I lose all my size? I'm like, well, not if you lose your, not if you dial in your nutrition. I'm like, that's not a massive amount of mileage. I'm like, you could run a marathon every single week and not lose any muscle if your nutrition was in alignment with that output like it's calories in calories out so you need calories back in but provided you do that you'll have no problem uh, but what i'd also say there is like um what i do in my training and this might be helpful for the person that asked the question is a med on resistance training which is a minimum effective dose for size yeah. so you don't actually have to do that much whether it's hypertrophy body weight calisthenics if you've got good genetics for that um or crossfit side workouts whatever it is you're doing a minimum effective dose on weight training resistance training in some form is going to preserve all that muscle you have again context is key there's genetic components some people are going to lose weight faster some people are going to gain weight faster there's lots of other things there but that's the actual answer um but as jacko as you said the mindset side is such a big key as well to not think that i'll be happy when i look a certain way because that's not the case in a lot of instances with people yeah i think you'll be happy when you eat when we start uh, accepting ourselves <laughs> yeah, yeah but that's it like, it, that's... Goes, it goes a bit back to that question that um or that thing that i mentioned around going like how can i be how can it's almost like how can i be happy when i'm sad yeah. in a weird way like that's where it's which i think is that's then the question of like contentment that's a, a whole nother we'll go we'll go in, we'll go miles off um yeah. but um yeah that's uh i like that yeah i like that approach i think that there's some some stuff around feeling good because like you know when we look good it does help us feel good but it just needs to be understood in that context of like what's actually good for you for you mentally if you're that's what i was going to say if you're stressing like literally stressing, getting stressed about worrying 
about losing muscle when you're running, that's probably going to be the thing that will make you lose muscle more so than the actual yeah. running. Yeah. If you like, you say if you've got your nutrition on, um, if you give your body the when you're talking about um, minimum effective dose, if we give the body a reason to maintain that muscle mass, like that small amount of stimulation, it's much more it's likely to want to to keep it. I'm going to add one more point there as well that comes up a lot in my channels which might be helpful because you made a great point. Muscle maintenance is not the same as muscle building. Yeah. So maintaining muscle is significantly easier with an increase in running or training volume than building muscle is. Like if you're trying to run a marathon and you're trying to build muscle, it's not that you can't do both. It's just that those goals are pulling from opposite sides. You can, it's just harder. Whereas m maintaining muscle and running for a marathon or an ultramarathon isn't super difficult because you can adjust things. So not to confuse the two as well, because muscle maintenance and what you have versus muscle building are two different things. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. All right, Brian, we're going to, uh, we're going to wrap it up uh, there. We've gone, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be 30 minutes to 45 minutes. We're up to 55. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was like, the oh, next guest, yeah, no, the next, yeah. the next Policies, guest, that's um, totally my fault. <laughs> the next guest, uh, Ollie, uh, Ollie Frost is up with uh, Tim in literally four minutes' time, so we're going to jump off. But um, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you've gained one new, someone has said, written, I'm going to have to follow Brian now, so you've gained yes. one new follower. It was I'll, I'll take it. Welcome to my page. If you're signing in for the first time and this is your first experience of Brian, where have you been? Um, and to go, make sure you do go over and give him a follow. Um, thank you everyone for, for watching. Keep up. We've got another 11 amazing guests coming up uh, for the rest of the day. Uh, Brian, we need to get you onto the podcast again because I think there's a load more stuff that we get that we can talk to. Uh, we'll uh, to we'll talk double about. back on mine as well. We'll, we'll double it over. Yeah, so get... yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's hook that up. And I will let I'll get I'll personally get in touch with you about sorting out your human flag journey. Yeah, love it, love it, Jacko. Thank you so much again, no. man. Have a killer day and enjoy. Yes, Thanks so much, guys, nice, brother. See you. Bye.